Good morning and welcome to the Southwest Church of Christ Adult Bible Class Podcast. This is Mike Lewis. I am the Worship and Young Adult Minister here at Southwest Church of Christ, and I'm glad you've joined us this morning. This material is from the D6 material, uh, the Bible classes that our children's ministry here has been learning. And I hope that you can follow along and dwell in Scripture together as a family as we go through this study this morning. Something that I have always enjoyed doing uh, as a hobby is, is to draw. I am an artist, and I have drawn thousands of pictures in my life. And one thing I can assure you is that I have made many mistakes in my drawings. I will often go back and look at my work and remember the process I went through to create this masterpiece on paper. And I can never unsee my mistakes. As much as I've tried to cover up my happy accidents, as Bob Ross calls them, I, am, I can still see them. They are a reminder of my imperfection. But artistry is not always a specific process, not like engineering or architecture. In those types of artistry, there are very specific directions to follow to make the end product look and be built correctly to hold up over time. Today, we will see how God gave Moses precise instructions for the tabernacle and what happened when those instructions were followed. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 40. In today's text, the building and preparation of the tabernacle had ended. Some scholars estimate that it took about six months for the workers to build the tabernacle and complete all the related furnishings associated with it. The tabernacle was no ordinary structure. It was designed to be assembled, disassembled, and transported with the Israelites as they traveled. It was the place where the nation and its people would offer sacrifices to God and pray for his favor. So let's read. We're going to start in chapter 40, and we're going to read verses 1 through 15. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month you shall erect the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. And you shall put in it the ark of the testimony, and you shall screen the ark with, a ve with the veil. And you shall bring in the table and arrange it, and you shall bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps. And you shall put the golden altar for incense before the ark of the testimony, and set up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. You shall set the altar of burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting." And place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it. And you shall set up the court all around it, and hang up the screen for the gate of the court. Then you shall take the anointing oil, and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it, and consecrate it and all its furniture, so that it may become holy. You shall also anoint the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, and consecrate the altar, so that the altar may become most holy. You shall also anoint the basin and its stand, and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and shall wash them with water, and put on Aaron the holy garments, and you shall anoint him and consecrate him, that he may serve me as priest. You shall bring his sons also, and put coats on them, and anoint them, as you anointed their father, that they may serve me as priests. And their anointing shall admit them to a perpetual priesthood throughout their generations. 
The new year would mark new facility for worshiping God. Notice that God spoke to Moses about this, not the other way around. Many see religion as man's attempt to find God. The Bible, on the other hand, teaches that God loves us and seeks relationship with us and longs for us to place our faith in Him. God initiates the relationship with us. Verses 3 through 7 describe how Moses was to set up the various structures and items of furniture for the tabernacle. God's instructions worked from the inside out. They began with the tabernacle tent itself, with the most holy and restricted compartment first. Then they moved to the furnishings of the outer compartment. And finally, they moved to the items outside the tent, the basin and the altar. Note that this is the opposite of how worshipers would experience the tabernacle. They would all start on the outside, with an offering on the altar itself. The altar itself is large, about seven and a half feet square and less than five feet high, but quite large. With this altar, sacrificial ceremonies would be quite active. Priests would eventually make their way from outside the tent to the outer compartment inside the tent. Once a year, the high priest would move to the inner compartment. God worked outward in his instructions to Moses, possibly symbolizing his initiative in reaching believers. Today, believers reciprocate by availing themselves to the sacrifice of Christ and working steadily inward to a fuller knowledge of God. Verses 9 through 11 describe how Moses consecrated the building and furnishings. He took special anointing oil and sprinkled everything, preparing and setting it all apart for this special service. Once the physical items were in place and set apart or consecrated, then it was time to set apart those who would serve as priests. Aaron and his sons washed and put on their special priestly garments. Moses anointed them. The tabernacle and its items could not be used in God's service until they had been consecrated or set aside for that special use. Everything, the structure, the items, the priests, everything had to be set apart for God's use. Today, in the same way, we too can be set apart for God's presence and service. It begins with the cross and the forgiveness that Christ purchased for us. And it continues as we confess sin and walk closely with him day by day. God takes ordinary people today and sets them aside for serving him. We ordinary people get to participate in the extraordinary blessing of serving God in this world. Let's continue reading in Exodus 40. We're going to read verses 16 through 33. This Moses did. According to all that the Lord commanded him, so he did. In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark, and set the mercy seat above, the, above on the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, and set up the veil of the screen, and screened the ark of the testimony, as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he put the table 
in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the veil, and arranged the bread on it before the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle, and set up the lamps before the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil, and burned fragrant incense on it, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put in place the screen for the door of the tabernacle, and he set the altar of burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and offered on it the burnt offering and the grain offering, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it for washing, with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. When they went into the tent of meeting, and when they approached the altar, they washed, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar, and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. What we think of today as the Mosaic system was underway. Moses did everything, just as God told him. Verse 17 begins a further description of what we saw in verses 1 through 16, but with different details. They emphasize the actions of Moses in obeying God, but do not discuss the consecration with anointing oil. You know, it's funny, many readers will lose attention when they read the detailed descriptions of how this tabernacle was to be assembled. We tend to get disattached because we don't have tabernacles today but we must understand the importance. Verses 17 through 19 draw us to a concise picture of how, how the tabernacle was assembled. Bases, frames, crossbars, posts, and coverings. And then Moses placed the testimony items into the Ark of the Covenant with the cover of atonement on its top. Using the dedicated poles to carry it, Levites or priests placed it into its home inside the inner compartment. Next came the table with bread, the lampstand, and the golden altar of incense. Note the constant repetition in these verses that Moses did as the Lord commanded him. We read that over and over and over again. It, it makes me think of Lego bricks. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever played with Lego before. It's been around quite a long time. But it comes with very precise instructions. Because if you make a mistake and forget a piece, leave a piece out, put it in wrong, it can affect the entire structure later, and you have to take it apart to rebuild. The basin for washing went between the altar and the door of the tent. This made sense, as the priests used it when approaching the altar and when entering the tent. The tabernacle was unique in its world and time. In all other nations, temples or tabernacles featured idolatrous statues or other artwork. They appropriated the images of people, animals, or fantastic creatures to represent the deities that they deemed responsible for the events in life around them. They preferred large, imposing stone structures wherever possible. By contrast, all Israel used was a tent and some furnishings, not even one statue or an idol. Nevertheless, they also had the visible presence of God by day and by night. God resided in the tabernacle in a special way, different from what he does today. Since Christ, it is the people of God who form his temple, 
the dwelling place for his spirit. We should work diligently to structure and furnish this new temple, our bodies, being careful to obey God just as Moses did. Moses obeyed to the letter. If we want God's presence with us, we must also respect that presence by honoring him. We respect what he has said to do. Let's finish out Exodus chapter 40. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting, because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. When everything had been done as God commanded, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. This seems to have been a cloud so thick that no one could enter the tabernacle. The same thing happened when Solomon completed and dedicated the temple in 1 Kings chapter 8. God ordained both the tabernacle and later the temple as places where he would meet with his people under the law of Moses. It is fitting that his glory appeared at the dedication of each to demonstrate and validate his presence. The cloud displayed to all who cared to look that God was present with Israel in a special way. It also became God's customary way of directing the people of Israel through their wanderings. When it lifted, it was time to pack up and move. At night, the cloud was still visible because of fire within it. We would surely love for God today to send us a cloud and fire to lead us through life. But we have the indwelling Holy Spirit to guide us and empower us as we walk with God. When someone believes in Jesus, God regenerates that person from being dead in sins to being alive in Christ. The God of heaven, in the person of the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell in that believer. The glory of God's presence comes to us through the gospel. The full glory of God will be revealed to us when we are face to face in his eternal dwelling place of heaven. Even so, we can experience the glory of God's presence now by walking with him and sharing our faith with our children, our family, our friends, our neighbors. We see the glory of his presence as he transforms our lives and the lives of those that we care for. We honor God's presence by living according to his word. We call this obedience. It is glorious to read of how the cloud and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle to the point where no one could enter. But this awe-inspiring demonstration did not occur in a vacuum or out of place. It occurred after the workers had faithfully built everything according to the pattern Moses had received from God. It happened after Moses had faithfully assembled everything as God commanded. It happened after the tabernacle, the furnishings, and the priests had all been consecrated to God. God's demonstrations of His presence and glory usually come as a result of faithful obedience. So let me ask you, how can you consecrate or prepare yourself for God's presence in your life? We need to think about and confess and turn away from our sin 
we should submit to God, to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We need to study and memorize Scripture, to obey God day by day, to gather with God's people and continue to worship Him and encourage one another. In what ways might God want to use you in the lives of the people that you know and come in contact with on a regular basis? Think about how you could minister to and how you can minister for those people. How have you experienced the glory of God's presence? If you had been at the tabernacle that day, how might it have changed your life? How can we as the people of God change the lives of other people by demonstrating His presence in our lives? I hope you've been encouraged by our lesson today. The Southwest Church of Christ meets every Sunday at 8.30 and 11 a.m. for worship. We have Bible classes at 10 a.m. You can join us at 9725 Southwest Durham Road in Tigard, Oregon. If you'd like more information about us or watch our online assemblies, you can go to swest, that's swest.org.